Passage Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Jacket on Bass Edge Nation. It is gonna start getting chilly, and I'm happy to hear it. And glad you're here with episode 289 on Bass Edge Radio. That's right, Kurt. At least the humidity is going down. I can't say that it's absolutely here for the duration, but it's at least starting in that direction. But one thing that is still hot is the MegaWare KeelGuard deal where you can save 15% all Bass Edge Nation by logging on to KeelGuard.com. Remember, first do-it-yourself keel protector. Put on the protection the pros pick where you can find the Flex Step, the Skag Guard, many other things, and some of that nice MegaWare swag. Oh, yeah. Always needing some swag. And Aaron, I heard you got some new swag tell me about the new rig my man yeah it's uh exciting four stroke mercury uh you know their slogan is go boldly and they certainly have first four stroke actually that i've ever had growing up in kind of the racing motocross with the two stroke and when they went to four stroke you know there's certainly differences but i will tell you they made 100 percent all positive improvements from the low and mid-range fuel consumption so many things to go on about the mercury but as far as the boat itself fantastic i love the size of, as always, the Nitro Z21, which is what I run. The ride's great. The speed is there. But more importantly, the fishability. You know, they've got the lower profile. I do fish a lot of docks and I do a lot of drop shotting. So being out there when the wind's blowing and not having that boat drift is very, very important. And of course, you know, with the power poles and the Lowrance HDS 12 on the car. That's what I'm talking about. The <laughs> car, boy, that's some good stuff. Love the poles. Love the carbons. Two additional pieces of equipment that if you're in the boat market, you add absolutely cannot go without that's right and uh you know i'm not one of those guys to where i'm trying to watch monday night football off of my graphs where i've got four (laughs) of them up there but the two that i have i certainly do appreciate and it certainly does make me a better angler that's no doubt you bet well it's a great start to the show great start to october and talking about keeping us up to speed and being great and prudent anglers we're going to move right into our first little segment here of protecttheharvest.com tackle tip ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Skylar Hamilton. Hey guys, this fall, when you're throwing those big top water walking style baits, I have a few tips for you that you're going to want to try. It's changing out your treble hooks. You know, some of the spook style baits have great hooks on them already, but I always change mine out to Hayabusa 930 size 2 because you're going to be throwing that big walking style bait. Another thing you're going to want to do is tie some feathers on that back hook. It gets a lot more bites. It can be, you know, they could barely hang on to that last hook. Something for them to key in on. Also, you're going to want to take your split ring off of the front. If your bait comes with a split ring on the front to help walk it, I think it sometimes restricts you. Now, it's not going to hurt anything to leave it on there and tie directly to it, but I always take it off and tie a bigger loop knot to get a wider style walking motion. That triggers those bigger bites. The wider walking motion you get, the better off you're going to be. So change your hooks, tie a feather on it, and tie a loop knot, and you'll be better off. 
first by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. definitely been several things lighting up social media all things media of, of bass fishing but of course you already i'm sure everybody already knows what i'm going to say oh it's, yeah it's the announcement of the additional major league fishing bass pro shops tour yeah this thing uh lit up blew up demolished the bass fishing tournament world i say demolished in in not a negative sense but really just threw pieces all over the place shook this whole world in the tournament fishing industry up but uh, yes you had mid-september the announcement of the bass pro tour which is the uh, extension of major league fishing that many of us have grown to love as the uh, television show that they've been providing and, and i had been fortunate enough to uh, be a part of for about four or five years and they came out with a new tour aaron and um lots of exciting things all the details are pretty much out there right now you know kind of payouts structure what it costs to play the game then, of course, uh, they're taking most of their participants through the Bassmaster Elite Series, which really shook BASS's world. They went reeling also um mid-September came out with a new format, essentially, a nearly completely new series with only an 80-angler field, reduced entry fees, guaranteed paybacks, and then of course you had the FLW Tour that had set up their announcement way back in late August, early September, you know, a solid month ago, and Aaron, the tournament world as we've known it since the mid-90s, which was Bass and FLW, has now completely changed on its head. What are your thoughts, buddy? Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, obviously Bass Edge is about education and helping people catch more fish even though most yourself uh, certainly competes at a much higher level than I do. I love the competition aspect. Bass Edge in general, we are uh, tournament gender neutral I guess. We have obviously right. friends right. at uh, Major League Fishing, at BASS at FLW. Our anglers and guests all compete across those platforms soon to be competing across all those platforms but one thing that I want to key in on, Kurt, is that article that was on Bass Fan over on BassFan.com. They put up, I feel, a, a very unique, you know, I'm kind of a financial advisor numbers guy by trade. So right. I'm kind of the Jerry Maguire, you know, show me the money. And I thought that did a good job of a side-by-side -side comparison of all three tours. What was your thoughts on that? 
it was an amazing layout graphic that they provided for us to really analyze. Just so folks know, they'll probably need to go back into the uh, vaults now at this point, a couple weeks ago, but it's September 18th was an article by Todd Seisner, a good friend of mine. And like you say, just laid it out there. What it shows me is obviously real quickly, the reaction of BASS versus what the Pro Bass Tour put out there really made things great for the anglers in those two circuits. The FLW Tour, there could be some changes coming out that are happening after we tape this show, but certainly right at this point, they're lacking in what they are providing back to some of the anglers versus the other two tours. So we've had MLF come out with bigger paybacks, more media exposure. The Elite Series reacts to that. And now, you know, you're looking at these different platforms that are available. Not all of us can follow them at this point, but to track and then see where these things take us. My take to this, Aaron, is wow. You're going to have probably a three-year period where I'm going to assume that all three cannot sustain over a long term, and you're going to see some changes in this fishing world. And it could be some changes that I'll say they're catastrophic to the history of what we know as BASS and FLW and MLF potentially moving forward in completely different directions. For me, as an angler, competition definitely brings the best out of these organizations that essentially create a platform for an angler to fish and then capitalize on with their own media and marketing and performance-based, income-driven possibilities. So I think what we got to be sure as anglers that tournament fish or are looking to get into tournament fishing is we got to remember that we're our own entity. We got to do as anglers what we do to provide for our family and create our establishment inside of this industry. And then enable to pick a platform that best provides that outlet that we're looking for. So um, lots more outlets, lots more places to uh, look to grow in the future. And that's all good in the bass fishing world as long as we can all stay healthy through this. Because segmenting dollars, as you know, as the financial advisor, isn't always the easiest thing to overcome as an industry. No doubt. And I think, you know, change, although oftentimes, whether it's business, whether it's in fishing, whether it's in a relationship, is oftentimes uncomfortable. We're due. We're due for kind of a shakeup. And I remember, you know, not too many years ago, we had the whole Professional Anglers Association with PAA make a run at kind of unifying the sport. Now we're here present day, the Bass Pro Tour coming out with some of the players that's behind all three organizations. At the end of the day, the best is going to prevail. And I think that means good for the sport with the college and the high school fishing now going it's going to give multiple platforms for everybody to kind of pick and choose but um, interesting times that we live in that's all I can (laughs) say and speaking of time we need to get rolling right on to our next segment which is the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight with one of the top champions from the FLW side and that is going to be with well I'll keep it a surprise we'll be right back I'm BASS Elite Angler Skylar Hamilton. This is FLW Tour Angler James Nigelman. I'm professional angler Mark Rose. I'm professional angler Britt Myers. This is FLW Tour Champion David Williams. Stay tuned for more Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. 
This episode's featured angler is a deep water expert, and he shined while utilizing this expertise to become the 2018 FLW Cup champion. Welcome to the show, FLW Tour Pro Clint Davis. Awesome to have you on the show, Clint. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Definitely looking forward to talking with you. We've certainly been anticipating the interview ourselves, Clint, and you've certainly had several weeks now to let it all soak in, kind of hang out with your friends, you know, talk to your sponsors, and get uh, some of that business side of things out of the way. But what has the win really meant to you in terms of relationships relating to both personal and fishing? And oh, by the way, the uh, new boat barn that you built looks pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's about the only thing I've spent the winnings on. I guess that's the Donald Trump tax plan as far as <laughs> a little bit of a write-off for next year. But, you know, it's been an awesome deal. It's really helped sell a lot of product for all my sponsors, which is what it's all about. And, you know, for me, it's just, uh, of course, that's a lifelong goal. There's, you know, two trophies I wanted to win more than others, and that's the Classic and the Cup. And, you know, we got one of them out of the way. Maybe one day uh, we'll try to qualify for the other one and give it a go. That is certainly outstanding. You know, you mentioned real quickly there about you know selling product for your sponsors and want to get into that approach real quickly but as Aaron mentioned about your boat barn I, I gotta say too I got a little uh, boat garage jealousy going on right there but talking about this huge worm that you fish to really you know set this thing off and claim your cup victory let's talk a little bit about the bait but let's also talk about how that extended into man that's a hard bait to find right now out there isn't it you know, it is. Uh, I think they're finally getting caught up here the last few days. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I've had people messaging me on Instagram and Facebook and everything. Man, can you send me a couple of packs of those worms? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> they're all gone, you know. I've got a couple of packs left for me, uh, you know, just for fun fishing around the house when I go. But, I'm, you know, it's going to be a little while. So let's tell folks about the worm a little bit. I mean, that, it seemed like that was the, one of the big keys to your victory as far as, you know, what bait you utilize i mean how big is that thing it looks like a freaking anaconda hanging off the end of that hook yeah you know it's a 12 inch worm um it was based off the old phenom that they sold a gazillion packs of over the years and uh we put that buzz tail on there but it's a completely different action than any kind of speed worm and the fact that it's you know it's real skinny it's not you know most speed worms have a real large profile and they don't really have any action other than the little you know the little speed tail and that one uh we made it so skinny man it just goes crazy falling through the water and i knew i had them for a couple of years had some luck on the tva lakes and down on you fall a lot of brush pile lakes but i knew like there'd been a lot of tournaments won on that worm already especially out in louisiana and texas and uh when i went over there i said man i've got to try to push this thing because everybody's going to be throwing worms but they're going to be throwing the ribbon tail worms and i right. was just uh, a little bit different action out there and it I mean, it made all the difference in the world because when i was at Wachita, i tried throwing ribbon tail worms and, and they weren't having anything to do with it they were just conditioned to them that's interesting yeah sometimes that little bit of bait change can really just get those strikes you need to make a difference and and you talked a little bit there about it the determined deep water approach that you took to the cup what made that so special to you and and we talked to james niggemeyer right after the cup we were able to get with him real quick but you were a very very busy man so we were able to now finally catch up with you but james really just you know we talked about his approach was just shallow 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 he kept everything else out of his mind it looked like you did the exact same thing but out in deep water what made that so 
special for you in this win? Yeah, you know, going into it, everybody wants to fish their strengths, uh, especially in a tournament like that. You're, you're not worried about points. You're not worried about getting paid. Uh, you know, everybody's there to win. And I knew me personally, if I was going to have a shot at winning, it was going to be fishing my strengths, which was offshore and, you know, especially around brush. I feel like I'm better at that than, you know, about anything I do. So, it, uh, you know, it just all played in for me there because that's one of the big deals on that lake is just uh, offshore brush pile fishing. So, Clint, quickly, were those piles that you had found before the cutoff or during practice or a little both, or were you already familiar with the lake? How did that play into it? Yeah, you know, I found a lot of that in 2015, but a lot of those piles that, that I won on, especially, you know, the first and second day, heck, I lost big ones out of them the first two days. It was like a, a nightmare bass tournament, but, you know, luckily it all worked out the final day, but I found most of those, man, they were fresh. Some One of the locals, I actually met him after the tournament. He came up to me. He was out there watching, of course, the final day. He's like, yeah, I'm the guy that sunk all those piles you just won this cup out of. And, you know, I'm like, do I owe you any money? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, man, don't come after me. I swear I just found them, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So he'd sunk those, I guess, between most of them, between our cutoff and official practice. And uh, he'd sunk them for, uh, I guess, a huge, you know, big pay and night tournament they were having coming up. Of course, I ruined all those for him. Yeah, can you imagine that? This guy's putting in all this work, all this work, and putting out all this brush, and all of a sudden, this guy comes out and fishes this huge national championship event and just exposed all of your brush. (laughs) That's got to be a bummer. Yeah, it wasn't like he was unhappy. I mean, he was all good, but it was happy for me. But that's part of it, man. With electronics okay. these days, if you put stuff out there, these guys are going to find it. That's exactly right. No doubt, no doubt. And and last thing on that topic, did you feel that with the brush piles being, I'll call them a little fresher or newer, that that made a difference versus the ones that you had found back in 2015? Yeah, you know, 2015 to there, like in 2015, man, there was way more brush. Even all the guys that were in competition, of course, FLW changed the rule after that year they were sinking their own brush but uh yeah definitely fresh brush is better for one it's green it tends to attract a lot more bait and stuff and uh for number two you know those piles for the most part haven't been found by everyone yet so you've you've got a lot fresher fish on it gotcha well that makes sense and you know enough of looking kind of in the past let's skip forward to present day and and looking further towards the end of 2018 as as we approach kind of this fall fishing and you know really just want to pick your brain on helping bass edge nation put more fish in the boat and here we are literally at the beginning of october and it's always a toss-up in the fall you know shallow or deep how will you approach a reservoir type of impoundment in october uh you know first of all if i'm just out fun fishing I'm going to look for schooling fish. That's probably the, the most fun you'll have with, with a fishing rod when, you know, 20, 100 bass come up blowing up on little shad everywhere. So that's usually the first thing I'll look at. Of course, you know, up in the major creek arms, little short pockets, you know, anywhere like that. And if you've gotten some fresh rain coming in, in the fall, that really tends to, you know, pull the bait into it as well as the bass. But usually schooling fish is... uh it's my number one thing. And like here on the Coosa where I live, man, brush is still a huge deal in the fall. They really, really get in brush piles. Not so much the 20-foot stuff, but if you can get some in that 10-foot or lesser range, they really tend to congregate with it. Clint, how are you going to go about really finding some of these school and fish? Is that something where you're just driving the lake, scanning? Are there just predominant areas that your knowledge of a lake or a particular fishery is going to lead you in a specific area? 
if I'm a Bass Edge listener, I've never really looked or tried to find school and fish in the fall, but that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. How would you tell them to approach that and, and maybe find some of those school and fish? You know, every uh, lake is different, of course, but, you know, one of the things I really try to look at in the fall is something where a channel turns in tight to, say, mainly I guess you can say a shallow ledge. Anywhere the creek channel or something that runs into a real shallow bar it tends to be a, a really, really good place in the fall. They just it's somewhere they can really push the bait up on. Uh, and again, yeah, I, I do a lot of graphing in the fall. Um, they don't necessarily have to be busting on top to be schooling. If you'll just run your electronics around a lot, you'll see a lot of bait fish. And of course, fish tend to suspend in the fall, which makes it, you know, really tough. But if you can graph, you can see the bait and usually you can see a lot of fish, you know, under them. That's a great tip. Talking about the importance of bait this time of year and some of their migration, you talked a little bit about some mid-depth brush and schooling fish and even looking in some shallow pockets. What type of forage is really leading you to find successful fish in this time of year and particular lures that might be more successful for you, you know, kind of imitating that bait mood? It seems like in the fall, fish will get really keyed up on that. If you aren't maybe throwing the right size, how do you dial that in for our listeners a little bit better? You know, most of your shad in the fall is really small. That's just a deal in the fall. And um, usually tons of fish tend to congregate around the small shad. Um, one of the things I try to look for is larger gizzard shad in the fall. It's usually if you can find the bigger bait, you're going to find the bigger bass. As far as bait, you know, I really like a top water. Uh, I throw a Yozuri 3DB pencil a ton. Um, heck, I even caught three of the fish I weighed in the forest with cup on it. But it's... Uh, Usually a topwater bait's really good in the fall, especially, you know, when your water temp finally starts getting out of those 80s and, and, you know, and dropping back down towards the 70s. They really tend to like a topwater bait, and it's something you can uh, cover a lot of, lot of water with fast, and, you know, the fish get aggressive, so you don't really have to sit there and, and pick an area apart. You can really, you know, move along and, until you find them. Yeah, that's great tips right there, guys. We've been floating along through the interview, but we're going to power pole down real quick and take a short break. Hang right there, Bass Edge Radio. We'll be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by Mercury Marine, go boldly, returns with the 2018 FLW Cup champion Clint Davis in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products, oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping. It works. Clint, let's dive right back into that finding bass in October. You talked a little bit before the break about some water temperatures. Oftentimes, we start to see some, especially down here in the south. You're in, you know, southern Alabama. I'm in Texas. Aaron's a little farther north in Missouri. But, heck, this time of year, they're starting to see a few cold temperatures way up north, the smallmouth country. But really, our first cold fronts are just starting to really trickle in. How are these cold fronts during this time of year? affect the fish behavior and what water temperature ranges are you really looking to see kind of that progression of behavior change from these bass so 
cold fronts in the fall, man, until, you know, your water temps get down into the low 50s, honestly, they make the fish go crazy. They really bite. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year to fish. For me, you know, I try not to even go fishing in the fall until the water temps really get down into the, you know, mid to low 70s. That tends to be the, the key number, you know, and um, I'm waiting on the first cold fronts to hit, and then I'm going to, not only is it cooler and the weather's nicer, but the, again, you know, the fish feel better, and they're also eating a lot, a lot more. Well, and you had alluded to it earlier concerning your preference for and liking to throw a topwater, A, because it's effective, probably B, it has a lot to do with the fact that it's very visual and, and very fun, and I think most of our listeners would share that but when you look at fall fishing and topwater action those typically go hand in hand what are your go-to topwater plugs in the fall and when and why do you like to use specific types that you kind of identify yeah again uh one of them was the yozeri 3db pencil another one i like is you know just an old the big saltwater spooks i really like that one as well and that's uh two of my favorites as well as we're talking topwaters man i, I really like a glide bait as well it's not completely on the top but it's, it's high enough in the water column you know it's an eight inch bait uh i throw a dual hardcore ninja glider and uh it's another one of those baits that it catches big fish um again they can see it from a mile away and makes a, a lot of commotion in the water and you know not only does it catch big ones but you catch a pile of you know two and a half pounders on that thing as well not on the uh whopper plopper craze or bass boat doesn't make the top three there huh you know the whopper plopper was awesome and, and it's still catching them but it it's not what it was these fish have seen it five million times now you can't even catch one around my house on one anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's funny how that stuff works you know we saw like the alabama craze many many years ago and and then you know you couldn't throw it out there without having one eat it and and then all of a sudden you know you got to work it slow and work it through the right cover and always have you know some good structure around it's the same thing happening to the whopper plopper too huh yeah it just uh you know fish get conditioned to stuff you know sometime in the next three or four years everybody will forget about it and guys will start winning tournaments on it again but as of right now for the most part it's uh you know it's just not what it was a couple of years ago yeah, no doubt. Let's talk about a couple of those top water selections real quick. You talked about the Yozuri pencil. I forget the exact name of it, but it's kind of like a, a big slashing bait, right? And then you've got the big saltwater spook and you've got the glide bait. Those are all mostly open water. Is that because, you know, you really don't have to be cover oriented this time of year and you're just really looking for those bait fish moving out there in open water and, and those bass really ambushing them? Yeah, again, you know, a lot of fish will suspend way out off points this time of the year as well as, you know, the channel turn bars that I was talking about, but I, I will throw that over brush a lot in the fall, lay down gotcha. trees, stuff like that. They, especially if you get on the lake where they're drawing the water down, man, any kind of piece of wood in the water, you know, they tend to really load up on it. And, uh, they really like the top water. Very good. Speed of the angler that they actually fish, maybe not the speed of how, how fast you move your lure, but really talking about boat speed here. You see all kinds, you know, you see some guys just pick apart every piece of cover or they get onto, you know, one, maybe one of those channel swing or channel bar areas that you're talking about where those fish are pushing those bait up against those ledges as kind of an ambush point. What seems real important to you about I'm going to go hit the lake. I haven't been able to spend a whole lot of time out there. How fast does an angler really need to be fishing to start, you know, really putting themselves in position to catch fish? Should they just kind of coast along and, and really fish slow? Or what kind of speed works for you, Clint? Yeah, you know, I'd say to anyone, fish as fast as you can without 
not overworking the bait, if that if that makes sense. I mean, me, I'm I'm 100 miles an hour, especially in the fall, and you know, until I run into some, and then then I slow down. But the main thing is, I see these guys running down the bait 100 miles an hour and just you know yanking on a top water or something, and, and it doesn't even look real coming through the water. So you got to fish as fast as you're comfortable with, I guess would be the, the best way to say it. But you feel like working a lot of water, it sounds like working a lot of water is real important to you until you actually find and locate some fish or, or see some activity that's likely to help you catch some bass. Yeah, most definitely. And that's uh, the, probably the speed at which you cover water is probably what separates the guys that do it for a living and are successful to the ones that don't. I mean, that's just a, a numbers deal. And the more water you can cover and the more fish you can find, the better off you're going to be. That's good. Good stuff right there. Well, Clint, we're going to move right into our listener question segment. This segment's brought to us today by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. We have a cool question, actually, from Jimmy Skelly. We have had a ton of rain through the month of September all over the country. Of course, we had Florence come through in the Carolinas. We've had tons of rain all year in the Northeast. Um, down here in South Texas, it's just been a nonstop battle the last several weeks of rain, rain, rain. But Jimmy asked this, and this is going to, I think, really hit a lot of people home, is Jimmy lives in the Mid-Atlantic. He's been hammered this season with rain. It's created a lot of dirty water with very little clarity. What color lures would you use to target fish in these types of conditions? You know, something loud, first of all. Not just color, but something loud. Um, a rattle, like a Yozuri rattling vibe. Some kind of square bill with BBs in it. As far as that, uh, if you're using soft plastics, you know, something in the black neons, uh, black chartreuse. If you got a lot of dirty water, you want something they can see and feel. And, uh, Another color is just plain white. They tend to be able to, you know, get a hold of it pretty well in dirty water. Those colors, something, you know, the dark colors and the bright colors is, uh, is a good start in dirty water. Well, Clint, this wasn't part of the question, but does size come into as far as profile in the dirty water? Do you kind of match it with the vibration as well as the color and then try to upsize or downsize the bait? What's your thoughts there? On um, again, man, I've seen them. Like we have, Yozuri's got this bait called a 3DR, it's a little bitty mid crank. It's maybe two inches long, and I don't know how many fish I've caught on. You know, the old nasty Red Rivers and uh, uh, Ross Barnett, Mississippi. Just the, you know, a lot of those dirty water lakes that stay dirty. So I, I don't think size really matters. Um, I, I do think the speed of your retrieve is a you know, it's a big deal when water gets dirty. It seems the more you can slow it down, you know, the more they can really key in on the bait. It uh, it, it really works out well that way. Uh, very interesting. That makes sense. Uh, give them time. If you start having a lot of short strikes or bumps or something like that, maybe they're not being able to key in on it because it's going too fast. So, uh, Clint, appreciate you answering that for Jimmy. And, Jimmy, certainly we appreciate you sending in the question. But we need one more thing, and that is to contact us either through any of our social media or you can email support at Bass Edge or simply go to BassEdge.com, click on the Claim Your Prize segment, enter in your name, address, and let us know that you heard your question answered by Clint, and we will get out that Bass Edge gift. And a reminder to all Bass Edge listeners, keep those questions coming in. We've had a lot of great questions over the last few weeks. It's hard to pick the ones for the show, but just keep them coming. We're going to get them on the air. You can send them into support at BassEdge.com 
via email or leave those comments or questions on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter media pages. Well, Clint, uh, we certainly appreciate you carving out time. I know it has been an absolute sprint for you ever since the championship was over. But before we let you go, anything you want to pass on to Bass Edge Nation? Uh, everybody go fishing this fall. <laughs> that, that's the great thing about fall. A lot of people get stuck in the deer stand. Does that happen to you too, Clint? <laughs> I really do a lot of hunting in the fall, but, um, you know, a lot of people, again, like you said, they get stuck in the deer stand and they don't understand that probably the best fishing of the whole year is, you know, October to December until, you know, we get a lot of really cold water. You catch your biggest fish of the year and, and usually numbers are up, you know, very good as well. I couldn't agree more. So we'll make sure to keep up, keep feeding the juice to all the Bass Edge listeners. And Clint, before we send you off, I've got to hit you up with our final segment, which is four last questions for you. Currently, your favorite song is? Oh, man. You know, I don't I don't guess I have one. I'm the guy that listens from classic rock to country to, I mean, I, I listen to it all. And I don't, <laughs> whatever's played on the radio is my favorite song at the time, usually. Okay, let me hit you with this one. What's your walk-up music on tour? Oh, God, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Isn't that bad? <laughs> my wife picked it. That's awesome. You know, it's the funniest thing. You get those questions at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, usually you spend a little time or you, I do the same thing you do. I, I pass it on to my wife and say, here, pick a song that looks, sounds good. Yeah, for Ron, Rhonda dresses you, Kurt. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, it's funny how we go up there and weigh the fish. We never even really hear the music anyway, do we, Clint? No, you're more looking towards uh, those pounds and ounces and see where you're sitting. I'm not really worried about anything else. That's right. So this second question is inspired by my wife, actually. She came to me several years ago when we were out at this restaurant and, and we had this meal and she was just ate up with it, loved the meal. And she called it her death row meal. So uh, I got to know, Clint, what is your death row meal? If you had one final meal, what's it going to be? Yeah, it's pretty, uh, I guess I'm pretty simple on this one. It'd definitely be a big ribeye, like a 16-ounce ribeye, uh, medium rare, and a loaded baked potato with all the cheese and sour cream and salt and pepper and sauces you could possibly put in it. That, that would be it, you know, and a side salad. That's uh, I'm pretty simple on that one. That's awesome. All right, so in 2019, what's the event that's already pinging on your radar? Well, that'd be the first one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going down the – Sam Rayburn. That's uh, it's going to be a slugfest, and you know I, I'm excited about it. Even though it's all the way in January, it's one of those lakes. Uh, the last time I was there, I think I caught two that were like ten pounds in practice. So it's a it's hard not to get up and and go uh, fishing in the mornings when you know you can catch a you know a possible bass in the teens. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to going down to Sam Rayburn in January. You're not kidding me and you both. So what is the last lure you threw when you were on the water? Uh, Mag Buzzworm by Mr. Twister. That was, uh, that was it. <laughs> there you go. Well, Clint, man, this has been an awesome interview. I super appreciate you spending time here at Bass Edge. And, uh, man, I, you know, I've never really been able to meet you and really hook up out there on the water, but had a great time today. And a lot of my buddies said you're a one-class act and certainly showed it throughout your cup championship and look forward to getting to know you more, man. Definitely. Um, hopefully we run into each other next year. You bet. Once again, congratulations on the 2018 FLW Cup Championship. That's right, Clint Davis, Bass Edge Radio. We'll return right after this message. 
You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Aaron, doing the research for this particular episode and then after we talked with James Niggermeyer last month about his approach to the FLW Cup and then obviously we just spoke with Clint Davis, the champion of the FLW Cup and his approach, it just goes to show once again that there's no one way to skin the cat, essentially. You know, no matter how your buddy called them or, or what they're saying on the internet or what the fishing reports are, you've got to go out there and kind of feel your way through the system, understand what your strengths are, rely on those strengths and then fish them better than anybody else to be on top. And that was an interesting thing that just kind of brought me full circle from the last couple of episodes that we have, especially in relation to the FLW Cup. And uh, But then also great to hear Clint and his fall fishing tips and advice. Love the school and fish advice, you know, and how those fish will utilize some of those channel ledges to basically have an ambush point or push those bait fish up to uh, get that fall feed going. Yeah, I appreciate your observation. And the irony is, Kurt, last month, like you said, we had James on who took second. He was fishing shallow, throwing topwater. This month, we had Clint on talking about fishing deep during that tournament, but also telling us how he's getting ready to fish shallow and he won't fish in anything beyond, I think, five or six feet of water. So to second your point, I think that comment is perfect. And it just goes to show when you stay within kind of your strengths and look to exploit those, good things will often happen. At the very least, you'll at least have fun and have an enjoyable day on the water. And speaking of an enjoyable day, let's let Bass Edge Nation get back to theirs, and hopefully that involves getting on the water sometime soon. But in the meantime, until episode number 290, which will be on October 15th, be sure to visit us at BassEdge.com. Check out all the great stories and videos, all the goodies that are there on BassEdge.com store. We have some free shipping going on right now. So in the meantime, for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. So long, everybody. Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.